three. It's nearly time to say hello to Danny Hicks because Friday, ten past eleven, means sports and all. Love you to join in with your punditry. Join us on Facebook Live if you can. Good morning, Danny. Good morning, Phil. Yeah, uh, let's talk mainly rugby this week. I think, well, maybe entirely all rugby this week because big, big weekend of rugby coming up. Both hemispheres, Southern Hemisphere and Northern Hemisphere. Bledisloe Cup tomorrow, Australia v New Zealand. Third of four Bledisloe Cup tests with everything still on the line there. Yep. Come to that in a second. And the the finally, the resumption and the, the finish of the Six Nations Championship, which started in February. Got there in the end. Is now finishing on the 31st of October. So um, they've avoided the horror show on Halloween of not finishing it. Boom, boom. Um, and we'll come to that in a minute and talk you through all the permutations there because basically three teams still within a chance of winning, still with a chance of winning the Six Nations. But um, for me, the big one tomorrow is the Bledisloe Cup. Um, Australia against New Zealand. Back in Australia, first two tests in New Zealand, we had uh, the first one drawn, of course, epic draw, 16 all in Wellington. Then uh, the All Blacks a couple of weeks ago, running out 27-7 winners at their fortress Eden Park. But with two tests to go, it means, uh, you know, if Australia could win tomorrow uh, in Sydney, Mm -hmm. then it would set up an absolute blockbuster winner-takes-all final test in the Bledisloe Cup next weekend in Brisbane. And um, interesting team selections came out yesterday, especially Australia, um, who have all changed, really, in the backs uh, for the Aussies. They've... uh, They've got the. Uh, they've got a couple of injuries contend with James O'Connor, fly half is injured, and, and Max Uma in the centres is injured. So they brought in Noah Lolicio, a twenty-year-old uh, fly half for his debut, and uh, Iray Simone uh, also for a debut in the centres. And also Jordan Pataya, who we saw last year in the World Cup. Can we believe it? It's a year ago this weekend, the World Cup final. Can you believe that? Mm. And um, since we were looking forward to Australia against. Uh, England against South Africa in the World Cup final. And it's strange to think, you know, South Africa haven't even played a game since then. And here we are a year on. But anyway, <laughs> um, we saw Jordan Pattaya, a young flying winger for Australia, in, emerge in the World Cup last year. Such great effect. And um, he hasn't had a start this year. He's had sort of niggling injuries and so on. But he's in at centre. So it's a new look centre partnership and, and a very young side for the Australians. They've got the two... Two uh, real block-busting wingers in Corabetti and Dalguna have, have done so well in the, in the first couple of tests. And uh, Dane Haylett petty moves to fullback. So it's a real shake-up there. Only Nick White really survives at scrum half uh, and the two wingers from, from the first two Bledisloe Cup games. So um, um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they go because, you know, Dave Rennie, the coach, has really thrown the, the dice in the backs there, hoping that obviously he's looking at this Australia side for the future as well. But in a, in a sort of must-win Bledisloe Cup game, um, it's, it's a real gamble for, for, from my point of view. But uh, it could be one that pays off. And uh, obviously, Rennie's been asked about uh, uh, his selection. And he said, no, you know, no matter who's chosen for Australia, they know you just have to get the basics right when you're playing the All Blacks. You know, if, uh, if the boys didn't believe us after um, week one, that if you turn the ball over against the All Blacks and, or kick loosely, uh, you get punished. So, yeah, we're well aware if we kick, we need to be able to shut them down and apply pressure. If we're attacking, we need to be accurate and, and you need to tackle well. So, 
all the things that we did pretty well in that first test, and we were we were competitive. So, but yeah, look, there's little little areas that we think we can hopefully get some joy. But as you say, they're a good side, and 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 both sides should be improving uh, throughout this period. So yeah, so you know, it doesn't matter who you select really. If you don't get the, the 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 if you don't play with accuracy against the All Blacks, they're going to punish you, and they they do. But they did it in the first game. You know, they were very controlled. The difference, uh, um, the difference is already there under Dave Rennie to the Michael Checker side, which is a bit of a throw it about and and go go, you know, uh, go for everything on the pitch and and if it pays off, it pays off. Uh, a little bit more strategic with Dave Rennie and it. Be interested to see how these young these young fellas uh, pitch up tomorrow against the New Zealand side. Um, their team named yesterday as well, and you have to say they is Ian Foster, the the New Zealand coach, gone with the stuck with the tried and tested really. I mean, he's got three changes in the starting fifteen, but they're all enforced in one way or another. Yeah. Uh, Carl Tuna has come in at prop for Joe Moody, who's under uh, head injury assessment protocols because he got a concussion, so he can't play. So that's a false one. Sam Whitelock, who was under HIA uh, concussion uh, protocols for the last game and missed out on that, he's fit now, so he comes back in, which is, you know, he's 118 caps, he's absolutely shooting. And uh, at number eight, Ardy Surveyor is off on paternity leave because he's about to have a baby. Good luck with that, Ardy, this week. Uh, and uh, so Hoskins Satutu, who comes in, for his first start for the All Blacks, uh, with a, he's seen plenty of game time in the first two tests. He's played off the bench in in both the first two Bledisloe Cup tests, so it's not like he's he's you know he, he's absolutely raw. But uh, that's quite that's quite an ask, you know, in a Bledisloe Cup game in Australia to go to number eight. But pretty much the rest is is fixed. The backs absolutely set in stone. Aaron Smith, Richie Munger at num, number ten, and scrum half. And uh, Bowden Barrett at fullback, his brother Geordie. Uh, interestingly, brother Geordie's on 89 points for the All Blacks. And if he gets to 100, him and Bowden Barrett be the first set of brothers ever in, in rugby union history to score 100 points for the same international side. If you're a rugby fan, what Danny, what question would you be asking our listeners or viewers, particularly on, on Facebook Live? Any, any question this well, morning? Well, I think, you know... Um, does anyone think Australia can, can beat the All Blacks even at home? Because you know, time and time again, um, uh, you see these these teams come up against each other, and, and Australia have a you know the last time they played in Australia, Australia had a record-breaking victory against mm. the All Blacks, but then they went back to Auckland the following week and got walloped. So you know, it, it, the successes are few and far between. If you look back over the history of of this fixture, I mean, there's 169 tests. New Zealand won 116 of them, Australia only 44. So Australian victory is not quite as rare as hen's teeth, but they're, they're, they are quite uh, elusive. But, um, you know, the, the, the difference in the past, I would say, in the Bledisloe Cup, and Australia haven't won the Bledisloe Cup since 2003 either, is that the deciding games have always seemed to be on All Blacks territory in mm. New Zealand. These two matches have moved to Australia, so the deciding games are going to be in Australia. So it's going to be uh, a little bit different for the New Zealand players who are not used to having to win games uh, in Australia. They've always had the luxury of being able to go back home. But uh, Ian Foster, the, the, the All Blacks coach, has obviously has picked, a, a, as I say, a, a very settled 15 there after the first two games and a very tried and tested 15. And and he says, uh, he's been saying this week about the benefits of actually having the players together for a long period of time and how it's helped him in his selection. 
you know, we, we've certainly made progress from Test One to Test Two, and, and I'm, I'm sure the Wallabies are probably thinking much the same. But it's, um, you know, it's a it's a pretty important series for us. It is important that we keep growing. You know, not, not, nothing beats time together, and and for us, it's been. You know, when you look at our lineup this week, we've been able to keep a lot of consistency, particularly in our backs. So there's been a few changes when you look at Joe and Nepo and Artie, those two guys not being there, and it's uh, forced us to have a few changes there. But the guys coming in, we're, we're really confident they've been, they've all had game time. It's a good chance to, to to let them have another run at it, and plus it's great to to see the likes of Dalton be able to come in. So it's getting that balance between consistency of selection versus we also want to make sure we keep introducing a few new opportunities for people. So uh, a real fascinating battle set up tomorrow. Uh, 4.45 Hong Kong time if you want to watch that. 7.45 in Australia um, if you want to catch that. I'll certainly be, be watching that tomorrow. Nice time to watch isn't it? Tea yeah. time to watch. So uh, that's going to be an absolute cracker I think and um, I think there's going to be fans in there in some sort of limited capacity in Sydney because Australia and New Zealand doing very well with the lockdown. Melbourne's come out of lockdown this week, as we know, and there's going yeah. to be the Melbourne Boxing Day test is going to go ahead. I mean, they've had four months of it in Melbourne, but it's worked and they've now got no cases and they're able to open things and up. They've and they've been going spare, Danny. We've got to think for, yeah. feel for these people. I mean, being locked up in yeah. your gaff for that amount of time, it's just yeah. ridiculous. Absolutely. But if it means they of now course. get some semblance yeah, yeah, yeah. of normality back, then it's all been worth it. Because yeah. better than the sort of stop-start, are we locked down, aren't we locked down sort of approach we're seeing elsewhere, certainly in the UK and mm. sometimes in Hong Kong as well. But uh, so good luck to the Australians there and the New Zealanders tomorrow. But it's a big weekend of rugby, as I say, because we've got the Six Nations concluding tomorrow. Three matches, uh, Wales v Scotland, Italy v England and France v Ireland. And, and the... And I'd like to say the simple matter is this, is X beats Y, that's it. But <laughs> no, it isn't. Because, you know, England, Ireland and France are all within a chance of claiming the championship. The, the first thing is if, if, if Ireland beat France with a bonus point, they win. doesn't matter what the other results are. Um, if England beat Italy, as we would expect them to do, and with a bonus point, as we would expect them to do, then Ireland needs to beat France with a bonus point or France needs to beat Ireland with a bonus point and... Yes, exactly. Let's just watch the rugby, enjoy it. But um, obviously, uh, preparations for England in particular have not been too smooth this week because they were supposed to have a warm-up game against the Barbarians, the famous Barbars, last Sunday. But that was postponed because the Barbars decided to go out on the lash, basically, in breach of COVID protocols, which has been widely panned for everyone. And uh, we found out overnight that uh, 13 of their players including the former England captain Chris Robshaw, uh, have been charged by the Rugby Football Union uh, for coronavirus protocol breaches and face all sorts of investigations as to what the hell they were doing going to restaurants and bars. Indeed. And basically causing a match in, you know, and, and we're just talking about people enduring lockdowns and sacrifices people are making. And it does not look for the good for the game, does it, when you see... You know, highly paid, highly privileged, professional, so-called athletes, uh, rugby players, basically going out on a jolly a couple of nights before a game and causing the game to be called You, re you realise a few weeks ago you were saying exactly the same about football? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't care what sport it is. You, you know, they are stupid. They are highly paid. They are role models and they need to, you know, grow up a bit. 
Um, you know, they left the hotel bub bubble, contrary to te team protocols to have dinner, they went to a pub, it's wrong. And um, the, the rub of that is that means that England go into their final Six Nations fixture this week mm. as the only team having played a game since March. Um, so it does put them at disadvantage. On the other hand, they are only playing Italy, who are bottom, the bottom team, and uh, <laughs> oh, well, they probably sad. should be. No, but say they were going into a match against Ireland, uh, who had a game last week, uh, or Wales, or Scotland, or France, and they haven't had a warm-up because a few guys decided to go out for a drink. Yeah, I think it's absolutely outrageous. And it's certainly something that Eddie Jones, the England coach, has not been happy about. But he said he just had to react quickly once he knew the match was off. And I quickly just went up to my room and worked out a plan B. I didn't get involved in the emotion of, of what happened. Did a plan B, then got our logistics manager and Charlotte and uh, our captain, Owen, up. And we quickly had a plan in place about an hour after the postponement of the game or cancellation of the game, should I say. And we're on to the next thing, mate. We're pretty good at these things. You know, we had the same situation with the typhoon in, in Japan. Um, so we moved on. Um, this time it was just a bit of a different typhoon. Yeah, a bit of a different typhoon this time. And uh, I remember that typhoon in Japan last year because I yeah. was there and it caused the uh, Formula One um, Saturday to be washed out, as it were, as well. Uh, I was at the Grand Prix. But uh, on the team front uh, for England, Eddie Jones has picked uh, Exeter's double-winning lock, Johnny Hill, to make his debut. Uh, he's, he's, he was one of the stars of the Exeter Chiefs, won a domestic and European double in the last couple of weeks, mm -hmm. uh, winning, winning the Premiership and then, of course, the uh, the, the European Champions Cup. So um, he joins uh, Mario Toji in the second row. Not too many other surprises there. One thing to look at, Ben Youngs will win his 100th, 100th cap at scrum half. For England, it becomes only the second Englishman to win 100 caps after the uh, the former uh, front row forward, Jason Leonard. Um, and, uh, you know, Elliot Daly's injured at fullback, George Furbank starts, but, you know, you would expect England, despite a few injuries and a few blips in the, in the warm-up to overcome Italy. And really, it's down to Ireland, France. Uh, the, the result of that game, which is a late one, and a four, four o'clock in the morning kickoff, unfortunately for us, Ireland, yep. France. You want to stay up for England, that's going to be, you know, 12.45 a.m. Uh, before that, Wales v. Scotland, which is a bit meaningless other than for bragging rights. That's at 10.15 tomorrow night. So that's your Six Nations. I will say the Six Nations women off because of COVID problems as well. France v. Ireland, Wales v. Scotland called off. Players testing positive, been in contact with, with people who've tested positive. So um, let's just hope these games still go ahead because, you know, we've got 24 hours or so to go. And... Um, mm. In these COVID times, um, anything could happen, I guess. You got it. A quickie to say goodbye with, of course, Rick mm. wants to talk about footy. And he says, yeah, Danny, how did Spurs get on last night? I missed the news. I don't know. I mean, I, th I, think, that, I think their reserves had a bit of trouble, but uh, I'm sure the first team will be out again on Sunday. <laughs> Brilliant. Well done, Danny. Take care. We'll do it all again sometime soon. Danny Hicks there with Sports and All here on The Morning Brew. <laughs> 